Welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show number 184. Happy to be live here on Facebook. Happy to be a member of the Education Podcast Network, Voice Ed Radio Canada, and wherever you are listening to your podcast, I'm excited to be on. Happy to be running Education, Leadership, and Beyond for 184 times. Uh, it's great. It's been a lot of fun. And we are going to have some fun today. I'm having one of my neighbors on, one of my friends, one of the guys from my local uh, community. We are going to meet Hunter Newman, soon to be Dr. Hunter Newman, very soon. Uh, businessman, a medical professional, and uh, someone who's excelling at a high level. So we are going to meet Hunter uh, uh, shortly. I do want to thank today's sponsor of the program, and that is Havsies Cookies. Uh, has these cookies has been with me as a sponsor really since the start of the podcast. The holiday time is coming up. Uh, check out their website, Have These Cookies. Uh, David Mafai runs them. He was a former educator, makes an amazing cookie. He vacuum seals them. Hunter, I'm going to send you some down there to North Carolina, and you'll be you'll be in, brother. They'll they'll hook you. Uh, but amazing cookies. Marada15 is that discount code. Uh, put that in there that you will get a discount. Uh, and I do want to thank David and his wife. They're having a baby soon. Good luck uh, to the Mafias. But holiday time, maybe you can't be with uh, family and friends. You want to ship them something or you want to bring them. Check out HavesiesCookies.com and uh, discount code Marada15 will get you a couple bucks off. So thanks for tuning in today, everybody. Show number 184. Let's get rolling. The opening concept. I was sitting at my daughter's soccer game uh, this weekend out in the cold. I had the blanket, the hat, the whole thing. And she's 10, right? So we all know youth soccer, very vocal on the sidelines, right? And sometimes too much. So the ref is an old timer. He's this guy, and you can tell he's refed a thousand games. I loved him. He was like, he felt like your old uncle on Thanksgiving, right? He was tele talking to kids, to, you know, advising them this and that. And he blows the whistle real forcefully. And he, and he kind of, instead of just blowing the whistle and pointing, he's like, hey, you can't do that, right? Don't push her because the girl had pushed her. And everybody was like, and I said to myself, man, I love this guy. Kind of said it quietly. I love this guy. And the guy right behind me, as soon as I said that, said, man, I don't like this guy. Like simultaneously as I said that. And I just laughed to myself. Here, I think this guy's doing a great job. And the guy right next to me said the exact same opposite. And we're watching the same exact thing. So I, I, you know, I share that story because it's typical of leadership. You've got to do the best you can with what you got. You always want to learn. You always want to grow. You always want to improve. But there's going to be people out there that don't like your work. There are going to be people that are not fans of what you're doing. And you just have to accept that. I thought the guy was doing a great job. Uh, you're going to get critiques. You're going to get people that aren't fancy work. And it's just part of the business. It's part of being a leader. You're never, ever going to get 100% approval rate, nor should you try, right? You should try to be the best you can with what you got. You always want to add to your game. You always want to improve and grow. Um, but no matter what it is, there are going to be people that aren't happy. So a little leadership story to kick us off. But I know you're not here to hear me. You are here to meet today's guest uh, and get to know a little bit about Hunter Newman. 
and I want to welcome him to the program. There he is from North Carolina. Hunter, welcome to Education Leadership Beyond. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, really excited to have you. Good to see you. You were good looking back when you were in high school. You're even better looking now. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that, Mr. Murata. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you have to say that to your guests. No, nah, you could call. You could call me Andrew Hunter, and uh, uh, I'm excited to have you on. For those that are watching, this is Hunter Newman. Hunter is a PhD student, a doctoral student at Duke University. Uh, and make, I want to make sure I'm saying this right, Hunter. And it is in the field of. Well, go ahead. You say it. it's in the field of. Uh, yeah, it's in the field of mechanical engineering and material science. Um, that, that's what the PhD is in. And my uh, research is more in the biomedical engineering type side. Wow. Kind of and for the layperson, Hunter, tell us what that is. What are you going to do with this PhD? Uh, yeah, so I, I personally, a lot of people do different things with PhDs, but I personally want to use my uh, research. I uh, do research in the orthopedic bone field. And uh, we came up with an injectable device that um, we believe is going to you know, better accelerate fracture healing. So that's kind of uh, a little easy description of what I want to do. So we're hoping to start a company and make this uh, hopefully into a product that goes into Dr. Newman, uh, uh, fixing bones all over the country. That is something that happens often to people. And so you're saying that you think this device is going to be able to heal fractures faster. Faster and like at a better chance, especially the ones that um, have low chance of uh, healing or you know, from high trauma or wow. something, something of that wow. nature. So. Hunter, that is awesome to hear that. We're going to talk about this journey you're on. Uh, Hunter uh, is from Milford, PA. I uh, grew up right right near each other. Our home's very clear. Uh, we know each other's families, each other's dogs. So, Hunter, I, I've been wanting to have you on the program for a while. I've always been impressed with you. Uh, your your work ethic, your academic status, your your drive, all of those things. So um, let's start back when you were in high school, uh, Hunter. You you were the valedictorian of, of Delaware Valley High School, and I know there's some people watching from back home. Was that a goal? Was that something that you said, hey, I want to be the top student in my class? Uh, it wasn't the goal until – you know, once I got into high school, I think you get kind of into that competitive niche. I've always been competitive. Uh, so I feel like that was just one aspect that um, allowed me to focus on and be excited about the school aspect. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a goal originally, but once it started happening, then it kind of became a goal uh, later on. Um, so yeah, uh, I think it's the competitive nature, though, that kind of. And was uh, it like that. eighth grade, freshman year? When did you realize, like, hey, I'm I'm pretty smart. Like, I can do this. I could I could be the top of my class. Uh, I think I think it was in uh, middle school. I had a couple of my teachers that were really promoting me for, you know, math, and science, um, and those were the, what my two interests. Obviously, I still follow those interests uh, today. But uh, I think when they kind of told me that I kind of tried to take it up to the next level. And I kind of just stayed on that path uh, going forward. I mean, DB had a specific route for math science people and I kind of fell into that route and just kept kind of pushing through that. So uh, that's kind of where it started, but uh, yeah, it yeah. ended up being a crazy And I route. believe in the power of a single experience, Hunter. I, I believe that we as educators have that ability to, to, to reach out and let kids know and, and say, Hey, you can do this and kind of, 
open that door for you. And uh, you said that it had some people talk to you there. So when you when you graduated, when you got to that level, what did that feel like? What did that accomplishment feel like to you? Uh, it felt good. I I thought it was gonna, uh, you know, be <laughs> what's the right word? More meaningful at the time, but then it was just kind of like, all right, next step. Like, what what am I doing next? Um, I think the most important thing was just doing as well as you could to get to, you know, a good university, and that that was my job. Even if it wasn't top or one or two, is to get the best university that I could get into. Um, so whether I was one, two, three, four, five, you know, I I think I still would have gotten to the same university. So. Um, but I think like getting to that goal and being able to hit that after, you know, you know, five years, uh, was, uh, was definitely a, a good little pat on the back, but yeah. you, you know, like a new Englander, you landed in Boston college, like Belichick after he wins the Super Bowl, he says, okay, let's get the next day's practice ready. But you, you went to Boston college. Tell me about making that decision and, and what was that like for you and your family? Yeah, so um, I was lucky that my parents, uh, you know, were supported me in going to whatever university I wanted to. Um, they really encouraged me. Uh, they, I was the first one in my family to like go away to college. So my mom had gone to college. She's obviously, you know, you know her. She's an educator, so she's a teacher, masters now. She does two masters or something like that. So uh, she's educated, but they never went away to college. Nobody in the family. So that was kind of a big step for me. I didn't have, you know my grandparents didn't do that either. So that, that was kind of interesting. Um, but it was just kind of looking at all the schools. Uh, my parents took me on tours of a bunch of the schools that I was applying to. Um, and there was just something about BC. It was the first university I visited. And I really just had a, a good connection there. I really liked the, the campus, the people. Um, the It's a Jesuit school. So I like the Jesuit Catholic uh, kind of like education and that, that connection into um, people for others type of mentality. So um, I think that all kind of resonated with me. And it just seemed like when I was making the decision, it was the best uh, choice for me. And obviously the academics is, uh, yeah, top yeah. notch. So, and uh, I know some people are watching live. You want to jump in the, in the show here and ask a question, leave a comment uh, for Hunter and I, that would be great. Um, Hunter, people look at, at successful people like you right? The top epidemic, uh, um, academics, athletic, you were on, uh, it was soccer, right? You played soccer? Uh, yeah, soccer, basketball, baseball. Uh, okay. Soccer's only won okay. all four years, but yeah. But, and they, they look at you and say, yeah. oh, wow, he's got it easy, or he's really smart, or he's in good shape. But behind that, it's a lot of hard work. Talk to me about the work and maybe some of the challenges you had in those, you know, eight to 10 years of, of heavy duty academics. Yeah, so BC was four years, BC was very eye-opening. You know, you come from, you know, Milford, a uh, small town. So big fish in a small town uh, saying, and then you go to BC and yeah, you're <laughs> you're just another another regular sized fish. Um, so that, that was pretty interesting. BC is, you know, I went to the kids with, who had taken Classes that I was taking as a sophomore at BC, wow. they were taking in their high schools. You know, there's just there's different, you know, organic chemistry people were taking in high school. So there's a there's a different level, but you get you get to find your own. You find like your strength, um, and it does take a take a lot of hard work and dedication. And there are definitely some failures there, but you know, either you can learn from them um, and kind of make yourself better, figure out different ways to get better, or 
you know, I mean, for me and, you know, a lot of people at BC, BC has like a pretty interesting mentality of like, go, 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 you know, competitive, very competitive school, but um, kind of, you know, brings everybody up to their best ability. So I, I felt that in there, but there's definitely a huge learning curve. And I, I was very humbled going to BC. Yeah. I'd be to and did that. people tell you that, like, before you left, like, hey, you know, you, you're going to Boston, you're going to a top academic school, like, or was it, did it was it like a brick wall that you hit into? Uh, it, I mean, people said that, but you know, I feel like when you're in the, in the moment, it's hard to relate unless those people went and had that same experience. And I wouldn't say a lot of people did, especially, you know, that I knew from, uh, Milford. So, uh, it was a little bit of a brick wall, but you know, I got back up on my feet and kind of found my niche and what I was good at, um, and kind of started to like drive my path that way. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, definitely eye opening. Yeah, and you meet a lot, a lot of different interesting people, especially. Well, one of the people you met there uh, has become your fiance and is soon going to be uh, your wife. And she moved there with you in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to be marrying this young lady soon. Uh, tell me a little bit about her, Hunter, and what does this relationship mean to you, especially since you bonded at at, at BC there? Yeah, we met we met freshman year. Um, Nikki is her name, and. Uh, yeah, we, we've been dating, I guess, nine years now. Um, so, yeah, and actually, you know, the surprising fact, you, you, you think, you know, we're, we were in school for a couple, three years together after we started dating, but we've actually spent more than half of our relationship long distance for education. Um, so after BC, uh, I did my master's at Tufts University. She came down here in, in North Carolina, worked as a nurse. I came down here and worked before I applied to PhD programs and then she got into she went back to boston college for uh graduate school so then i was down here in graduate school she was up there so uh she actually just graduated from bc again um in may so now she's back down but yeah being able to have somebody that one is you know relates with the education and how you know how we drive ourselves with that is uh i guess we i doubt that's something i need because uh we could support each other you know, it's easy to support somebody else if you yeah. know they're going through something similar, um, especially graduate school. And uh, yeah, so and obviously we grew up together. Essentially, we started dating when we were 19. So uh, there's nobody that knows me better. So she supports me on that journey of graduate school. I supported her and she's supporting me on my future endeavors as well. So uh, I like to say we're, we're a pretty solid team. So and I think that's the most important uh, relationship I've ever made. Awesome. Congratulations. I know that wedding's coming up. Uh, you guys are working hard. It's great. You know, uh, I'm looking back down towards the other way now. I've been married 20 years. But it is it is inspiring. It is yeah. nice to see young people getting together and doing great things. And you and your wife are doing that. And uh, congratulations. Um, Hunter, you mentioned your parents a couple times. Allison, don't be shy. I know you're watching, so you can jump in the show with a question or a comment. Uh, but I love your parents. I love your brother. Sorry, we'll give him a shout out. Um, but tell me about some of those lessons that you learned from your, your parents and some of the things that you take with you now as a young leader yourself. Yeah, I definitely take, you know, a lot from my parents. Obviously, they they were they were the ones who would give anything for their kids you know they would give up anything um like i i think i always say my dad is the most selfless person i've ever ever met and i i wish i hope i aspire one day to be as selfless as him i mean i've never 
you have to convince that guy to treat himself. So, um, or you just buy him gift cards, you buy it for him because he won't do it for himself. But, uh, yeah, just that drive to, hey, do whatever you need to do in order to get where you want to be and do what you, you know, do what you want to and make you happy. You know, they, they always said, we want to give you the opportunity to find something that you're really passionate about um, because then you won't work a day in your life. Um, and, you know, they've supported my dreams um, uh, pretty dramatically, but they, they've been supporting me throughout uh, all of that. And, you know, they're always down to help me or my brother out with a drop of a hat. And they'll do some crazy things, drive through middle of the night down in North Carolina if they need to. Um, so those are definitely some things that, you know, I take um, from both my parents. So I said what I took from my dad and then my mom's just always trying to make herself better. I mean, she's still taking classes, so I can complain when I'm like, oh, I'm 28 and you know, I'm still in school, but mom, my mom is still taking classes. So I guess that brings me back down to, uh, to earth a little bit, but uh, yeah. So there's a lot of things I've learned from that. Yeah, amazing so. people, great parents. Uh, your father can fix anything. <laughs> he's, he's fixed stuff in my house, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's great. Uh, so I don't, I don't have that, but uh, well, yeah, you're going to be making things to fix some things, and you're going to be entering a new, a new phase of your life. Your parents gave you this platform, like you said, and you've taken full advantage of it. So you're in the PhD program, and again, uh, you talked a little bit about, uh, you know, creating this device with the bones. And um, tell me about being at. You're at the top of. I mean, there's the Ivy Leagues, there's Duke, there's a PA. Like you are at the top, at the top academic setting, Hunter, and excelling. You're going to create a company. What is it like to be around such top minds, such top? people that the work you're doing what's that like yeah it's pretty interesting i think um all phd students you know go through it uh it's called imposter syndrome you really don't think that you're supposed to be there um or that you maybe you don't deserve to be there and you know especially a place like duke you meet people from all over the place have all different backgrounds all different experiences and you know they're just top of their game they're getting you know professors getting um world recognition um things of that nature. And then you just, you kind of realize you're lucky to be around and surrounded by that. Cause then that's something you aspire to do. Like my, my, my boss, my PI, she's world renowned. I mean, I think she's a full professor in like four different academic departments, you know, in the medical school and engine engineering. Uh, so yeah, I think all of us experience this imposter syndrome, but it's definitely like, I realized being a, you know, from a small town in Milford to BC was a big jump. And then there, there is something, there is another jump being in like the graduate stuff in the research specific side of Duke. Duke's one of the top funded, funded for research. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely scary at times, but it, it, it helps you be the best that you can be because it makes you want to be at that level and looked at the same one day um, as we, you know, as I or other students look at uh, the yeah. people we work for. So. Well, you use the word lucky, and, you know, I know it's been a lot of hard work for you and that you've busted your butt. Uh, you might feel lucky, but that's hard work, Hunter, and, 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 you know, we're proud of you back here and rooting for you. Hunter, another thing I admired about you and, and your brother is just your fitness. You were always in good shape. You're always, uh, you know, just taking care of yourself. And now that you're, you know, you're a full adult here, tell me about how, how do you manage all the work you're doing, all, all, the, all the, the research, all the work you're putting in, but then you make time to, 
to stay physically fit. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think as a, my best stress reliever is going to the gym. Um, so I really try to do that, you know, six, seven times a week if I can. Um, and, uh, the best way to fit it in is I always say that nobody, nobody is looking for me or expecting me, um, to reply to emails or anything at, you know, five in the morning. So I get up at five thirty in the morning every day. Um, cause my fiance gets up to go to work at five thirty every day and I just go to the gym before work. Uh, so when I get in, I'm, up and ready to go. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's good to have another avenue to relieve stress. And when I don't work out, I definitely feel the ramifications of that. Um, both on my body, I feel more tired, lethargic. Um, even though you feel sore sometimes, it, it's definitely better to get those endorphins going. Um, and then, you know, I, I have my, my brother who's now a bodybuilder. So he's also a, uh, kind of, an encouragement because he'll text me every day and how's the workout because we follow the same routine and if i didn't go then he's like what do you mean you didn't go so it's uh it's, it's good to have somebody else there kind of pushing you as well but uh, my fiance is big into it too because she has a pretty stressful job she is a nurse anesthetist so she puts people to sleep so when you go to get your surgery done you think anesthesiologist anesthesiologist is putting you to sleep it's probably her uh so she's a pretty stressful job too so she also her avenue is to important to keep you know a good a good a good healthy path yeah. outside of just work hunter talk to me about that discipline right you know uh, people always, the, the older generation is always like ah this younger generation uh but i don't think you're a millennial you're a little bit above the millennials right are you were you you're a little bit older yeah 93 93 no i'm technically a millennial. i'm not you're in there either. i don't know but they, but they, you know, I feel yeah, I'm yeah, in my 40s, yeah. right? There's a feeling like, oh, these kids in their 20s, they're not, you know, disciplined. And and you're saying otherwise. You are extremely disciplined with your time, with your help, with your focus of your work. Where does that structure and discipline in your life come from? Um, I feel like I don't know. That's hard. I think I think it's a mix. Uh, there's one, I couldn't do any of this without having discipline. There's just too much going on. Um, you know, there's, you could work 24 seven, uh, and not, you know, accomplish the same things if you're not efficient enough. So efficiency is definitely one balance of your time is huge. I know my, my mom, I think she works, she wakes up at five or four o'clock every day and goes to works out as well. So there's that. Um, and my dad's like the hardest working person I know. So I think, I think, I think it stems from them a little bit, but also, being in the in the in the field that I'm in, you need to have that. Otherwise, you just you'll just kind of get left behind. So I feel like it's a, uh, a you know adapt or or die type of situation. You know, especially in the field of in the stuff that I want to do. So um, yeah, I feel like I don't have a choice. But there's there's a healthy way to go about it. So that's what that's yeah. what I try to do. So tell me about this product. How do you go from being a PhD student to owning your own company and then? getting people to use this product or this, the, the procedure you're talking about. Yeah. So it yeah. takes a, it takes a very long time. Uh -huh. You know, it, a lot of it, a lot of it involves the research, the, you know, the thesis work that I'm doing, the dissertation. Um, so it's, so some of that technology is, in, is, uh, involved with my research. So, you know, you could argue that then I will, when I graduate, be an expert enough in that technology. To, you know develop it and see it forward but you know there, there's a lot of regulatory hurdles you got to go through the fda 
You got to get uh, multiple clinical trials. You got to make sure it's safe. Um, so that's a that's an eight year process. So it, it's a long, arduous process, but um, hopefully, you know, it's a therapeutic that will benefit a lot of people. So, um, but yeah, it's it's kind of it kind of stems from my work that I do now. I'm excited. You know, a pro athlete's going to be breaking the bone, and they're going to be calling you in. <laughs> And they'll be back on the field in a week. You know, that's uh, exciting. But Duke Medical, you hear that all the time. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, Hunter, let's shift gears a little bit. You heard my opening concept about leadership and people's opinions, right? And, and again, you were the valedictorian. You were an athlete. You know, what were your thoughts on that opening concept of uh, really, you know, it is what it is about people's opinions? What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, there. That's a that's a tricky balance. Um, you can't you can't make everybody happy, especially if you're um, you know you're trying to accomplish something. Um, you 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 do your minimal to insult people um, and hurt others, but you're not always going to make everybody happy. So yeah, that that that's going to hold true in leadership. It's going to hold true in you know running a company, um, hiring people. But you try to do what's best overall. You know for either the company or for, you know, for yourself, depending on what situation you're in. But yeah, the, the, there's always going to be positive people being positive, people being negative. Um, and uh, as long as you're doing the best you can, I feel like, yeah, you have to ignore some of the, yeah. some of the negative. Cause you're going to have this mix of biomedical engineering background, business and leadership. Really, that's going to be the work you're doing and the leadership component is going to be a big part of that because you're going to have all these people working for you and, and all of that. So what would you say, Hunter, you're 28 years old, what would you say about your leadership at this point in your life? Yeah, I, ha I, I haven't had a, a ton where I, um, you know, hire a bunch of people, but um, I do, you know, collaborate a lot with uh, and have these group projects because I one thing I do know is that you know, there are some things that I'm really good at, but I couldn't accomplish any of the stuff that I'm doing without a team. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I lead my project and I lead the, the the moving parts of who, you know, who works and helps me with what parts of my project. Um, but it's definitely going to be um, interesting going forward when with these, a lot of the people I'm working with, yeah. they're, they're my equal. So um, and I have some undergrads and stuff, but it, it's a little different. You know, I'm not hiring them. Um, encouraging them and trying to help them, but not hiring them. So that, that will be uh, an interesting transition. But, um, you know, I feel like if you, if you can, uh, if you can learn why people are feeling certain ways, and if you think it's an um, appropriate or feasible change to, you know, make the situation better for the, somebody who, who's working for you, then I feel like you, you should make an effort to try to fix that. Uh, but I, but I think that, I think it all, evolves from communication between you and uh, the people you do work with or who work for you. 100 percent well said. Um, if you're watching live, if you're if you're watching recording, I would love a comment. You want to jump in with a question for Hunter, uh, please do that. Hunter, you shared about, you know, in the growth, right? From from high school valedictorian, Boston College, Tufts to where you are down in North Carolina now. You know, some some yeah. growing points for you. And one of them was about you know, being closed-minded when making some decisions. And you talked a little bit about that. And tell me tell me about that and, and how you've grown from it and how you look differently at some things now. 
Yeah, I, uh, I I had super early goals. I think you knew um, that I wanted to, I, I originally wanted to be a, a medical doctor and go into the uh, field of medicine and treat patients. And, you know, going through BC, going through some of those classes, and then going to Tufts, I actually took some medical school courses because yeah. I was questioning what I wanted to do. And I, uh, I kind of real it was, it was a hard realization because I had this dream since I was little. Um, but I realized I didn't, I wasn't as passionate as I thought I was about it. Um, and it's, it was really, I felt like I went through kind of closed-minded. I went through uh, BC and did a ton of research. I had uh, my fiance saying, you love research. Like, why, why don't you go into that? Um, and I feel like, <laughs> you know, she was right. But I was being closed-minded in that um, I wasn't open to other ideas. And, uh, but now I feel like because, you know, I was able to, I finally made that transition, that change, you know, that break from what I originally thought. And that, that, was, that was a hard decision, um, but it was the best decision I ever made. Because uh, now I'm like really passionate about what I do and I love it. So um, yeah, so but now I feel like I approach situations with a more open mind because I know what I the negatives that can come out of uh, being yeah. closed-minded. So th those are my big trends. You said something yeah. quick in there. She was probably right. You'll you'll be saying that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and then Hunter, right? Like to hear you talk about that. Yes, absolutely. But the other part of it is that you were you had a vision, you had a dream, you had a goal, right? And and along that journey, it changed a little bit, right? But the other part of it is that you had that vision. So many people, so many kids, so many, you know, you ask them what they want to do. Like, I don't know. Like, I haven't, you know, you had a vision. It might have been strong, but yeah, you, you turned a little bit and that and that's great. But it's nice to hear you talk about that. And that's why it is good to have people in your corner, like your fiance, that you listen to. You know? Yeah. 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 I realized that, you know, I like the flip side. I want to do with the medical innovation, yeah. not necessarily the patient care. So well, good for you. Care, good obviously. for you for realizing that. Exactly. And good for you again, for your, your fiance to be in your ear and, and making that suggestion. And, and then you listen. So um, Hunter, we're going to get to rapid fire here. I know you have another meeting coming up and, uh, um, but before that, Hunter, was there anything that I, I didn't ask you that you wanted to share or something that you wanted to say? Uh, nothing in particular. You know, I, I thank, thank you for coming on to this. You know, it's people like you. You know, I used to work for you back in the day. Uh, you know, encourage you, you know, doing little jobs around the house and such. It's people like you that really help, uh, help us kind of create this foundation so that we can go off uh, to these other places yeah. and be better. Well, so and I right back at you because you're inspiring. You know, you guys were inspiring back then and you're inspiring now and you're going to go on to do great things, Hunter. Uh, your parents gave you the foundation, but you, you've, you've built upon, you know, you're really uh, building and, and it's nice to see. So it's inspiring for me. So right back at you, but let's get to rapid fire, Hunter. These are, Quick answers, the first thing that pops in your head. You're a busy guy, so I don't know how much of this you're going to be able to fit in, but uh, here we go. The, not yeah. a research book, but the last book you read. <laughs> uh, it, was a, uh, it was a personal finance yeah, book. I can't you'll be doing some of that, too. Last movie investing. you saw. Uh, okay, fun you got to do that. Favorite place to yeah. travel? You've been up and down now a bunch of different places. Where's your favorite? Uh, 
I don't, I don't think I have a particular favorite anywhere new. Um, we like exploring new places, trying out new food, trying out awesome. new great environment. So I know you're new. a big fan of education, leadership and beyond, but outside that, what's a podcast or a, or a blog or, you know, something that you subscribe to and you, and you, you know, take in regularly. Yeah, I listen to, I'm in biotech, so I listen to, it's called The Long Run. It's a uh, biotech and uh, cool. entrepreneur better be having you on, by so. Luke Timmerman. You, talk, you talked about working out as a stress reliever. One day. What's either a wind down in the evening or a, or a waking up uh, in the morning strategy that you would share? Just setting your alarm. <laughs> If you set your alarm uh, and you wake up, I, I set my alarm and I immediately jump out of bed. I don't think I don't have to You know, they say you. That's what you got to do. Just go. <laughs> I'm working on that. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, what's a pet peeve of yours? You shared some passion. What's something that really bothers you? He's frozen. Hopefully he'll be back. Or maybe he just doesn't want to answer that question. Hunter, are you there? Did I lose you? He's coming back. I heard something. Maybe he didn't like the question. Maybe he doesn't have any pet peeves. Uh, Hunter, you want to jump off and then come right back on? You want to do that? There we go. I hope I didn't lose him. We're going to wait a minute, and uh, hopefully he'll be right back with us here. If you are still tuned in, stay with us. He'll be back, and here he comes. Here he comes. Great. There you are. Yeah, sorry. sorry. It happens. Uh, it's technology. That piece. Yeah, I know. Pet peeves. Uh, I don't have a ton of pet peeves. Uh, I guess it would be, you know, working in a team and people not giving it their all. At that level, hopefully you won't have much of that, but I don't. I, I, I can't imagine that. Thanks for jumping back in. At 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, I feel, fill in the blank. I feel that... Um, I have time to relax a little bit before I go to the gym and then get, get moving. Uh, I feel like weekends are, I try to not sit around too much. I try to uh, get the most out of my weekends because I, I know I'm going to have a busy week. Do you rest a little bit there? Do you take a breather? Yeah. Yeah, a little Good. bit. Good. A little bit. Best purchase under 100 bucks that has had a great impact on your life. I'll come back to that okay, one. Okay, he's coming back. The BC Eagles mean blank to you. Yeah, I mean that's my that's my undergrad. So, you know, they mean a lot to me. That was that was a pivotal point of my chain turning point in my life. It helped me grow up a lot. So they they mean uh and you know, I obviously I met my fiance there. It was the most important important part of my life. Yeah. BC. When Boston College plays Duke, what what's happening? Who are you rooting for? Uh you gotta go for BC, right? You gotta be low your undergrad. <laughs> it's been a rough go with BC and Duke there. Uh, oh yeah. 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 I know. I know. But still, you got to be loyal. That's right. They'll be back. 
Uh, something about Hunter Newman that people do not know about. Um, even though I do a lot of this stuff, I do get super stressed sometimes. Um, and uh, I do need to take, you know, uh, a breather and kind of re reorient myself on uh, how better to spend my time and uh, accomplish my task. So, yeah, I do. I do get stressed, even though I don't, I don't let on that much that I do. Yeah. Well, good for you. You have to do that. Life is short, Hunter. And uh, uh, that's important that you realize that now. Hunter, you, you talked about some of these things you got going on. Give me the, the three to five year plan. What's a, what's a three to five year kind of goal that you have uh, that you want to be at? Yeah. So um, right now I got to finish my PhD. So I'll finish that um, in the upcoming uh, year or so, a little bit year and change. And then uh, it's really you know driving this technology and driving this uh, this this company uh, to hopefully grow and start getting through uh, clinical trials. Um, that's kind of the early plan. We won't be necessarily. Hopefully, we'll be in the middle of it in the, in the five years. So um, it's a long goal, but uh, hopefully, we'll take uh, some appropriate steps in the meantime. That's incredible, Hunter. I'm I'm so proud of you. So happy for you. Uh, you're going places. If someone's watching this and they, you know, they have a student who's maybe thinking about law school, I mean, uh, medical school or thinking about BC, you know, if, if they want to reach out to you, Hunter, what would be a great way for, for people to get in touch with you? I mean, uh, is there a way someone could contact you if they were interested in speaking to you? Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, LinkedIn's a good one. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also, uh, my email, just, uh, my name, hunter.newman at duke.edu. I'm pretty responsive with email too. So uh, yeah, if anybody wanted to reach out, they could definitely do that. And uh, I'm pretty good at responding. I would say that. Well, I'm sure you're going to have some people that want to work with you and maybe have some questions either about their children, children, you know, the valedictorian, the whole thing. You've, you've hit so many uh, good hits over the years here. So um, Hunter, we, I like to, I like to end with a quote. Uh, you said a bunch of uh, cool things. I like that you said about, doing what you have to do to get where you have to be. Is there a quote that is it, you have a favorite that you want to share to end the program with? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm, a, I'm a quote guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. You know, one thing I do live by is that um, the answer will always be no if you don't ask. Um, and that's kind of something I live by and kind of helps me propel forward and uh, not be nervous to put myself out there. Uh, you know, not having fear of rejection has actually, has actually propelled me in my career uh, a bunch of times. So uh, just ask um, when you need help. And uh, yeah. Great answer. This is Hunter Newman, PhD student. Uh, Hunter, when you come back home, We'll get some Joey's pizza and a beer on me. I'm proud of you. And uh, this was inspiring for me. I, I want people to be inspired by the show, but this was inspiring for me to hear from you. So I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Again, it's good to, good to catch up and connect. Cool. If you're watching this, you're a DV grad, you're a DV staff member, certainly leave them a, a question or a comment uh, on there. Um, I do want to thank again today's sponsor, Havsies Cookies. Hunter, I'll send you a pack there. Uh, the discount code is Murata15. I don't know if it's going to help you in your medical career, and your fitness career, but you are going to enjoy those cookies. <laughs>
I love that. Right. So. We are going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Uh, this is show number 184. I am at Andrew Murata 21 on Twitter. Uh, this was Hunter Newman, uh, again, DV grad and uh, Duke University PhD student. Hunter, it's been an honor to be with you, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, stay tuned. Hang, hang there. Signing off, everybody. Uh, and again, if I can help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for tuning in to Education, Leadership, and Beyond.